Hi, I'm Diane Chandler. And I'm Perry Grossman. And this is Own Your Throne. Ladies, your life is not over. You are just at the beginning of reigniting and redefining your life. And through this show, you will meet inspiring women who have recreated and redefined what it really means to thrive and age gracefully. Our guests are some of the most inspiring women on the planet. We were honored to sit down with each of them and get real about their own journeys and what it took for them to truly own their throne. Hi, everybody. I'm Perry Jones Grossman, along with my co-host, Diane Chandler. Hi, baby. Hi. And this is our podcast, which is called Own Your Throne, by the way. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we own our throne. We are very excited about a very cool guest that you guys are going to be like, Whoa! I got to write everything down and, uh, you know, book some personal readings yeah. with her because, oh my God, she's going to just, yeah. right? She's, I've got my pen out. I my know. Paper. She's so awesome. Well, before we get jumping in, we always, Diane and I like to check in with each other because since COVID, as you guys know, she lives in San Diego, I live in Sun Valley, and we're not together. We used to be together. I know. Together. I know. I miss that. I miss being together. It has a whole different vibe. I mean, we're creating something super cool via Zoom, but it's always yeah. more fun in person for sure. I know. We have to, we have to break the law and go see each other. Anyway, <laughs> so how was your week, honey? My week, I've had a lot going on. I've had a lot going on. My nephew's going through a hard time. He's in the hospital. So that's been rough, but he's on the other side, right? You know, they, things are definitely progressing. So Good. Uh, yeah, lots of prayers. So it's been kind of all about that this week. It hasn't been the best week, but no. how about you, Pear? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, there's something in the, in the wind. I mean, my, my first baby, my son Bowie left home. He uh, decided to take a, you know, PG year, a year off before he goes to college. So he is ski racing in Austria and he's with this really cool group. He left about two days ago so that I can't even, you guys are going to laugh. I can't even go downstairs and see his room. The door's shut and I pretend like he's still in there or if the door's open, it's dark. And it's like the tears still come. I still have my baby girl, my 16 year old. And uh, so it's just she and I, it's just a bunch of, we're in our she cave together. I know. Your I knew this was coming. Is hard. Yeah. It's hard. I know. It's just really hard. Okay. Enough about our stuff because we have got an amazing guest. I also want to encourage you guys go to our page or podcast page called Own Your Throne and subscribe and leave us comments because we love reading your comments and let us know what yeah. you think and you know other ideas about people to have on the show too. But anyway, onward and upward. All right. This lady is a powerhouse. Her name is Carol Allen, and I love this part in her bio. She says she is happily married, wow. <laughs> Vedic astrologer and relationship coach whose mission is to empower women to truly enjoy out-of-this-world love lives. Oh, my God, I love this woman. Her methods are a unique marriage of East and West, combining her training in the astrology of India with cutting-edge real-world relationship research. Now, whether you're looking for a soulmate or you want to deepen an existing relationship or just heal lifelong love patterns, well, the answers are literally written in the stars. And almost anything can be made much better with your own right actions once you know the truth and what to do about it. How about that? Now, Carol's been featured on E, Bradzilla's Extra, Dr. Drew's Life Changers, and in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Woman's World, Daily Candy, and is the author of Love is in the Stars, The Wise Woman's Astrological Guide to Men. 
She is mm -hmm. regularly heard by hundreds of thousands of people on major relationship summits, podcasts, radio shows, and her popular astrology articles can often be found on the homepage of yourtango.com or through her Love is in the Stars newsletter. So don't wait on fate, ladies, is what her message is. Discover the awesome power that you have to attract, enhance, and sustain a great love and make the most of your romantic destiny with Carol's free newsletter and catalog of books, personalized astrology reports, and relationship programs right here, right down this website, www.loveisinthestars.com. So, Carol Allen. Read that bio. I'm exhausted. I know. You <laughs> just put everyone to sleep. You're so sweet to read that whole thing. No, I would. It's your power, woman. Your power. I'm, I'm like, we're, we're owning it. We're putting it out there. I, I couldn't cut anything. I was reading. I was like, oh, we're going to so sweet. Thank and you. I will say that I know Carol, and she is hands down one of the smartest, wisest women I know. Well, and I just have to say, if it was not for Diane Chandler, I would not have met my husband. Hello. And our 23rd anniversary is Monday. What? Oh, and, um, I literally wouldn't have met him without you, Diane. So it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Oh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good really thing. Well, yeah, I met 30 years ago this month. Gosh. So that's how long I've known you. I've known you for four, four million years. So, okay, okay but ladies, <laughs> if you could see Carol, she really looks like she's 15 years old. The happy love marriage is working on you, babe. It looks good. <laughs> it's the no kids. It's the oh. no kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, for our viewers, we have to describe something because when I met you through Diane, also Diane's got all these really cool personal connections. So what is the difference between Vedic astrology and regular astrology? So the Vedic system, uh, the word Veda or Vedic uh, comes from the word Veda, which mean, which in Sanskrit, which is the ancient language of India means truth or knowledge. And so it's the ancient system of of India that's still used in India to this day to arrange most of their marriages. Do you know they still arrange 90% of their marriages in India? It's seriously crazy. Uh, and the biggest uh -huh. difference between the Indian system and the more commonly known Western system, which is here in all of our newspapers and magazines, uh, is they calculate the charts differently. And so most people end up being a different sign and a different rising sign and a different moon sign. And it's more in keeping with how astronomers calculate. But both mm -hmm. systems work and you can get a great reading in both systems. Uh, it's also more predictive and more faded. It believes that, you know, your chart is God's wish for your life and that it's all pretty much set ahead of time. <laughs> like, like destined? Yeah, exactly. And that there's a certain amount of our lives we have free will over. And then there's certain things you just don't just like, you know, your DNA, right? You, yeah. you, you couldn't have chosen to be taller or to have a different skin color, but you could certainly choose to take different care of yourself. And if you're from a family that everybody has heart attacks over 56, um, you know, you can choose to sit around eating hot dogs and hamburgers and French fries, or you can like meditate, exercise, be vegan, etc. And you're a lot less likely. So that's kind of how astrology works. Wow. Mm -hmm. I yeah. remember when Carol first read my chart years ago. And what I really realized about Vedic, and this is one of the, do you call it Vedic or Vedic? Vedic. Vedic. Yeah. 
And what I really loved about it is it it really was so specific. I mean, it was like specific and it was spot on because a lot of it went backwards. So I could see, you know, what had happened in the past and it was like, boom, boom, boom. It it was, it really is incredible. And Carol is one of the best. So we're super excited about this. Well, and and listen, you guys, she's one of the few that's in the United States that's a Vedic Mm -hmm. astrologer. I remember years ago, before I even knew Diane, I heard about you through Morgana Ray. Oh, uh uh-huh. She was like, you've got to get a reading with her. And I never could. And everybody, I remember then when I did, did meet Di, she's like, oh yeah, she doesn't do readings anymore. I went, damn. <laughs> <And> finally, <laughs> she died, Di took me to uh, one of your workshops. And um, when I was trying to find my guy and, and you did a reading for me and I'm normally in regular astrology, a cancer, right? Uh-huh. But I had... My, my chart, there's 12 planets, whatever. So nine of them were in Leo. And I always said to my mom, okay, mom, are you sure you got the right date? Because I never felt like a cancer. I always felt like a Leo. Mm. And according to you, with the readings that we did, I definitely had more Leo attributes than cancer. Mm. And it was mm. the first time I went, okay, finally someone gets it. Because I, <laughs> it was really Which is why your podcast is called Own Your Throw. Because <laughs> <laughs> is the sign of royalty. Hello. See, I know it's pretty cool. Well, I think one of the biggest questions that everybody in their mind is asking, okay, did you foresee this sucky year 2020 that we all want to embrace? I mean, seriously, as an astrologer, did you know this was coming? Well, okay. So there's, there's different kinds of astrology and I am, I am a personal astrologer and my specialty is relationships and love. And so the thing I have become really, really, really confident at and comfortable at, and that I'm passionate about is looking at things like compatibility, timing of relationships, how to tell if somebody has the capacity to be empathetic and available and supportive and monogamous and all that stuff. So I don't so much do what's called world astrology or mundane astrology, which is when you look at countries and markets and leaders and elections, and it's a whole thing in and of itself. And it's so complicated, but I will tell you, I have astonishing colleagues that absolutely did predict this year and absolutely did foretell an epidemic and a pandemic and absolutely said, buckle up, hold on to your hats. This is going to be insane. So I've been really researching how did they see that and what, are, what did, and what do they see going forward? And so if you'd like, I could just give you some little brushstrokes of like, right. why the hell are we here? Because I have to say to Diane's point, Vedic astrology is so crazy amazing and so crazy accurate. And it's, 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 it's even I'm after, you know, after 30 years of studying this stuff, 29 years, even I'm still like blown away and amazed by it. So basically viruses are indicated by, uh, by a, what we call a shadow planet. It's, it's, it's a mathematically calculated point that it, it, where eclipses occur. And there's a northern point and a southern point. And these are called the nodes of the moon in Western astrology. So a lot of people have heard of these. There's a north node and a south node. We call them Rahu and Ketu. And Rahu and Ketu are the indicators of viruses and mystery, hard to diagnose, hard to treat illnesses that kind of come out of the blue. And then the sign of Gemini is the sign that rules the pulmonary system and the lungs and the breathing and all of that. 
So every 18 years, Rahu moves into Gemini. And when Rahu is in Gemini, it's always very, very, very intense for illnesses. So it's so wild. If you look at pandemics through history, when Rahu or Ketu are, on these, are in these signs, there was a huge pandemic in 1889 and, eight, and 1890. It was called the Russian flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that flu, it, it almost looks exactly like the chart of, of this coronavirus. So Rahu, the North Node, the eclipse point, was in the sign of Gemini in a constellation of Gemini called Ardra. And Ardra is a really painful constellation because it has to do with storms and, it, and it's symbolized by a teardrop. And so the way, of course, flus and coronaviruses spread is through droplets. How crazy is that? Wow. Uh, and so in the fall, all the way from September to May of this year, Rahu was in Ardra. And so this presented in December, of course. And then in the, in the, in the Spanish flu, you know, the 1818, 1819 flu, K2 was in Ardra. Um, but, this, but the one before that, the Russian flu, the planet of healing, Jupiter was being eclipsed by K2, the other indicator of illnesses and disease. Jupiter rules like the immune system and, 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 and you know, blessings and peace and protection. And Jupiter was rendered, har- you know, like completely impotent, basically, by being eclipsed by K2. Well, that's exactly what was going on this year and, and at the end of last year. So you said it's the, the planets look pretty much exactly the same as they did in the 19... In 1889, 1890, which is and when what, it was... The Russian flu. The Russian flu. The Spanish flu, was the Spanish flu, it was similar but different. So Rahu wasn't in Ardra, but K2 was. Okay. And, you know, that was like 150 to 100 million people died, you guys. Mm-hmm. And, and you died within hours often. Like, that was so much scarier, as bad as this is. And, what, and the difference is that... Rahu then was in a constellation, a Vedic sign called Mula. And Mula is all about calamities. Mm. Mula is all about the breaking of things down. And, and so it's a super scary constellation. When 9-11 happened, there was a very intense combination in Mula. 9-11 was the last time Rahu and Ketu were in Gemini and Sagittarius. And wow. so, so again, Every time, every 18 years when they're in these signs is always a big deal. The other thing that my colleagues did, so this is part of how people predicted this. Now, the other reason is that what, what, what we all saw, and I was warning, you know, my community and my, pop, you know, my clientele about this as well, is one of the ways we predict events is we look at the charts of countries and the chart of the U.S., incredible and it's protected and it's powerful and it's abundant and it's, and it's all the things it's innovative it's all the things that we associate with the u.s and og just a few years ago the u.s entered hello a planetary period an 18-year period of rahu and rahu is all about the breaking down of structures this started in the beginning of 2015 it's all about the breaking down of norms and the breaking down of structures and the breaking down of societal mores so og what's happened since i don't know 2015 right that like hello and and then the eu and the uk 
also went into Rahu periods around that same time. So Brexit happened and, you know, there's been so much change and upheaval in that part of the world as well. Also with us, we've completely changed our relationships, you know, with NATO. And so the U.S. is in this long period of like upheaval change, things coming out of the blue. It also in the U.S. chart happens to be in the eighth house with Mercury. Mercury rules information and the media. And when Rahu is with Mercury, you get paranoia, you get misinformation, you get propaganda, you get conspiracies, and you can't see the truth. You can't see reality. You don't know. And there's a lot of manipulation of technology. So this is all of the social media stuff and the bots and the Russians and the, I mean, it's like all here. It's like crazy. So a colleague of mine that's completely amazing at this world event stuff is named James Kelleher. And he predicted this a couple of years ago. He also predicted the drop in the stock market that happened and the drop in the oil market when we all first went sheltering in place, right? There was a big, like huge drop that we hadn't seen since the depression, basically. He predicted all that a couple of years ago. Well, he said, the way to look at the coronavirus is you look at the chart of January 1st, 2020, in Wuhan and you look at what does it say for the year and then what does it say about the virus and long story short what he said that chart indicates is that this is gonna be a while so I don't want to be like a huge drag and a huge bummer and we'll get to some good news but I'm telling you guys this to prepare everyone you know, we keep hearing optimistic, positive stuff like, oh, it'll be two weeks. Oh, it'll be by April. Oh, it'll go away. Oh, we'll have a vaccine. Oh, 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 oh. We've never had a vaccine in less than four years. And they've been trying to come up with a coronavirus vaccine because of the other SARS, right? And because of the common cold, they've been trying for 30 years to come up with a coronavirus vaccine. So long story short, you know, if you look at the Russian flu and you look at the Spanish flu, they always have a two to three year lifespan, right? They always, they they always seem to kind of run a course. And those were years where there were no antibiotics, there were no vaccines, you know, there was no Spanish flu vaccine. Like all people could do was wash their hands and social distance. That was it. And uh, so we're so lucky now. We have such better care and we have such better, you know, we have such better research and all of that. Um, But so he really thinks, and I have to credit him because again, this isn't my specialty, but he really thinks that we're going to be in a process with this until August of 2022. Now, does that mean it'll be as bad? Does it mean we'll be as restricted? I mean, we're already seeing death rates dropping and we've got so much more information here at the, you know, in the last quarter of this year than we did in the beginning. So they do know now to give people oxygen more than the ventilators. Like there's so much more to be hopeful about and there's every reason to believe, you know, they just came out with this amazing study that says, if you take D3, your odds of contracting it drop by 54%. And then everybody in the D3 group that did get Corona, nobody died of it. And, you know, so, so they're finally talking about supplements and things, you know, finally, I just saw an article where Fauci admitted, yeah, yeah, that he admitted taking like vitamin C and vitamin D every day. Um, You know, the loss of sense of smell and taste 
is because the virus eats up all your zinc in your body. And so that's a zinc deficiency that's giving you no sense of smell. So we should all just be taking zinc every day. So anyway, um, that really is everybody's best bet is like boost your own health, get the hell off sugar, right? Sadly, because all we want to do in stressful times is eat chocolate bars, me included, right? right. You know, and ice cream. And drink vodka. Um, no. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. I mean, is that, is that an entire glass you're holding up of vodka? No, it's water. It's water. I swear. I swear. It's been a very long week, ladies. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. This is well, so amazing because, I, you know, the follow-up question on that is like, what the heck do we do? And we've had people on nutritionists, you know, talk about how to boost our immunity, but yeah. So you're saying zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D3, get off sugar. What about as, as far as, you know, the state of mental health? Oh, well, God, I mean, stress is a killer and, you know, your body responds to the stories you tell yourself and the things you tell yourself. And there's like, of course, the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. And when we feel calm, that's when we can heal. And when we feel anxious, we can't, right? <laughs> like they go hand in hand. And so, so it's really important to all manage our fear. Um, but you know, one of my wonderful clients is an integrative MD and she caught Corona really early on and she kicked it out quickly and she's kicked it out of all of her clients quickly. And this is controversial to say, but she says it's backed by medical journals and hundreds of studies. So she doesn't know why people aren't talking about it, but she says, IV vitamin C absolutely kicks it out, right? And taking D3 and zinc and C. Yeah, that was, so, they were just saying that um, Fauci is taking, is that what you said a few minutes ago? I yeah, right. Fauci is taking tons of C now. He, right. Like, I'm doing those intravenous. Lots yes, of C. IV. It's a miracle. Yes, and they're all over the U.S., by the way. All you guys who are listening, you can find these places in yep. most and some of them will come to your house. I mean, you know, I had a friend who had two neighbors in their late seventies that were getting worse and worse and worse and worse and nothing was helping. And the man's oxygen was dropping and they were going to take him to the hospital. And I was like, get them IV vitamin C. And they said, as soon as it, they got a nurse to come to their house. And as soon as it was done, they felt immediately better. They got better within a week. They both tested negative. And, and they said it was the only thing that helped. And I want to say, Carol, like for our listeners that are listening to you and saying stuff about all the vitamins and stuff, Carol has like healed, like she knows her shit when it comes to healthy ways of living and the vitamin protocol and fasting and, and juicing. And she has healed herself of autoimmune. When you yeah, say, I have, you know, a medically incurable T-cell lymphoma mm -hmm. and they wanted to put me on chemo and I said, no, thank you. And that's a whole other controversial topic, but you know, it, it's been proven multiple times in many studies. It makes cancer more aggressive. It only kills, you know, it doesn't do anything about the stem cells. So it shrinks tumors, but then you get way stronger, more like aggressive stem cells that come roaring back somewhere else in your body. Right. So I just completely changed my diet, changed my lifestyle did 8 million holistic things. Oh God, we could do a whole show on that. And I know. Uh, we need to have a back for that because you're amazing. Yeah. I had, I had the same thing, Carol. I had an autoimmune disease two years ago, knocked me on my butt. And yeah. I, you know, Western medicine, they said, we just need to go home and sleep for six months. And I went, okay, do you, <laughs> two kids I have a life. I can't do that. And I did yeah. the same thing. 
and it popped me right back up in four months. And it, so I, it. I believe in this, you know, just personal stories that people have. I'm sure tons of people are listening can, can vouch for the same thing. So that's, those are some practical things that can happen. So the only yeah. thing at our, at our hands that, you know, other things, what Rahu is doing and, and all the rest of it, we have no control over. It's going to do what it's going to do. But I want to go back to something because you said this happens every 18 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the cycle of what you can expect. All right, everybody write, write down your calendar. But not, you know, it shows up in a different way, but the U.S. chart has four planets in Gemini. And this is according to Vedic astrology, which again, uses different calculations. So when Rahu goes through Gemini, you know, that's where the sun is in the U.S. chart. Uh, there's going to be like big turbulence, big change, big restructuring, some of it good. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer that these, these, these things always ultimately bring out some good. And, you know, what we've seen with this illness is collaboration and cooperation worldwide like we've never seen before. And it's a very big deal. People are dying, and I don't mean to make light of that whatsoever. And we do have to take the long view with all these historic cyclical things. We're living in very exciting times. <laughs> and, you know, part of the other reason uh, we're living in very exciting times, I mean, I could go on and on about why we're living in very exciting times. But part of the other reason I think this is going to be a while is in the US chart, the moon indicates the public. And in the Wuhan January 1st chart about the coronavirus itself, the moon indicates the public. And in both cases, the moon is in the sign of Aquarius. And right now, which makes total sense for the US because Aquarius is the like innovative, technical genius, mediatastic, loves everyone the same, everyone's welcome, right? All the, all the ideas we think of as American, I don't know about lately, right? But historically, all the ideas we think of as very like, you know, it's the like love your brother kind of sign. And, uh, but anyway, the, the thing that's interesting about Aquarius is the planet Saturn makes everything restricted and, and tends to slow down money and relationships and cause all of us to reevaluate our lives. So in the U.S. chart and in that Wuhan January 1st chart that reflects the coronavirus, Saturn is in the 12th sign from the moon. And this is the beginning of what's called the Sati Sati cycle in Vedic astrology. It's a seven and a half year period of total reevaluation, totally like letting go of what isn't working, figuring out what needs fixing, healing what needs healing. But at first, it forces you to do that by making things harder. So what this virus, of course, has brought out is all the inequities in our society, right? Marginalized and uh, marginalized people are being hit so much harder. American Indians, Blacks, minorities, Latinos, like being hit so much harder and there's so much less support for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then women, you know, the moon is one of the only feminine influences in astrology, the moon and Venus and women. Hello. What do we do most of childcare still? Right. And so now that everybody's kiddos are home, who is that falling on the hardest, right? Women. So it's bringing forward all these gender differences that before we could like deny and hide and avoid and pretend weren't there. What that has tended to cause both in China and here is a huge spike in the divorce rate already. Like we're seeing a 34% increase 
in um, people filing for divorce over last year hmm. between April and June, like 34 like percent, 34% increase in the U S now. I don't know about China, but in China they're, they're saying it's like drastically spiking too. And they, you know, I was reading this article and they were quoting all these Chinese women saying like the men are home from work cause they can't go to work and they're not helping. Right? They're like expecting the women to do, you know, to do everything. And they interviewed this nurse who was in Wuhan, you know, working on, working on like the community there and all this crisis and all this trauma and working with patients and coming home. And he's sitting around with the five-year-old kid still expecting her to cook and clean. And can you imagine like that? And I was reading this to my husband. I was like, <clears throat> that is a man you leave, right? <laughs> like, that's a man that you're like, exactly. see ya, you know, because you well, would think, like nobody would want to break up now because you want the support of your partner. And are you going to just go meet somebody else now where everybody's like social distancing? And, but in fact, it's, it's made everybody's distractions fall away and it's made everybody go, life is short. Anything can happen. What do I really want? You know, what about the, I've heard about a marriage increase also. You know what? I looked into that and it's, it's, I couldn't find any evidence of that. I do think personally, there are a lot of people reflecting. I mean, I've certainly had a ton of clients call me and say, I've never minded being single until now. Mm. I've never felt lonely until now, right? I've never seen the upside of marriage until now. So there's certainly a lot of people reflecting on the idea of it, but in terms of marriage increasing, it's not, mm. it's not. And a lot of that is people have had to cancel weddings. People aren't dating as much. I mean, they certainly are still. And I've had a lot of fun supporting women through that process during this time, actually, believe it or not. I mean, it's kind of slowed everyone down and it's kind of brought back good old fashioned getting to know each other and it's brought back you know, wooing. And so I have actually a lot of great fun stuff to share about that topic, but weddings have really dropped. The rate of weddings has, is, has hit an all time low. So I know we are, you know, I, I just got engaged as you know, Carol, a few weeks I ago. Know. I know. So, and we were trying to find a time. Everyone's like, well, are you guys going to get married right away? We want to, but we're, I'm like, but I kind of want, I wanted to wait because I want to be able to have yeah. this big fun wedding. And so right. now they're telling me like, a year from August, I'm like, wah, wah. Like, that's two years away. I'm like, I don't know. Well, and I don't know that it's going to be as, I don't think it's going to be as challenging as it is no. today, two years from now. But I think, again, we're still going to be in this process with all of this. And there's still I mean, wearing a mask at your wedding would just be. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I yeah. said everyone could just get the test and then come to the wedding. That's how I look at it, like on their way, you so know. So how are you helping your clients with the dating process during COVID? Oh my gosh. Well, of course, the best way to meet people now is online. Oh, and uh, so I've, I've just been having so much fun. I went to journalism oh, school and I've studied marketing for forever. And I've just been having so much fun helping people basically upgrade their romantic advertising, right? Because it is a kind of, it used to be called personal ads because it is advertising and and, and, and I have to say, no offense to all the lovely ladies listening in my experience, I almost never give somebody an A for how they're going about it, whether it's their pictures or their profile or how they engage mm -hmm. with men. What I, what I used to believe is everybody told me how much internet dating sucked and how hard it was and how flaky everyone was. And, 
how impossible it was. I used to believe people until I, until I started saying, hey, show me your profile and show me your inbox and let me see what's happening. And I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, the photos are like bad selfies with poor lighting and, you know, beautiful women are wearing like puffy jackets that make them look heavier than they are. And their right. hair's in like these crazy buns on top of their head and they're wearing big goofy sunglasses. And, you know, they're in all these photographs with friends that are better looking or better dressed than they are. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And so you know, we take, and, and it's because most people come to internet dating, you know, half-heartedly, right. They're like, my love life isn't working or I'm hurt. So I'm just going to like put my toe in the water. Mm-hmm. So they put their toe in the water, which means they show up, they sort of throw some pictures together and they throw some writing together. And then it just, when you, when you're half-hearted or half-assed, as we should really say it, mm-hmm. about something, you're going to get sort of not great, yeah. like, results. And then what I run into all the time, and this happened with a client last night, is they tell me, like, oh, there's no men. I don't like any men. Nobody's blah, blah, blah. And I said, just let me look. So I got her password, and I got her username. And, I, and there's, like, all these nice guys writing to her, and she's completely ignoring them. And she was like, well, I've just been busy. Oh yeah, I forgot, you know? <laughs> right, right. Wait, there's what? no intention. There's no intention. I think it seems like to, in today's age, you've got to set an intention. And it also, I've heard women that have been dating a lot too, saying that men are a little more settled down now, that they're not looking at online dating like, oh my God, there's all this, you know, women out there and I can just have candy box that they're actually, because they don't want to be alone, like you were saying. Yeah. So they have more intentions of actually showing up and, and wanting to settle down. Are you seeing that? Well, you know, it's so hard to say because I've always seen that, especially since my clientele skews like midlife, right? And in midlife, I find so often, you know, I think it's because of the drop in testosterone, right? Men really want to nest in midlife and beyond. And especially if they've been married, marrying men or marrying men, like they want. So a complaint I hear a lot from women is that the men come on too fast and too strong too quickly. And the women are like, whoa, 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 can we just have some fun? Like the women are the ones going like, what? You know, and then, yeah. And on the first date, the men are like, I'm done. You're it. Let's go. <laughs> so I've kind of always heard of, of that. So it's just, it's hard to say if that's changed, but I think if everybody like improved their romantic marketing and then improve their engagement, and then what you do is you just email back and forth a couple of times or text each other a couple of times. And then what you want to say is, you know, I would love to speak. I would love to connect by phone. I would love to hear your voice. Right. And then you move it to the phone call and then you move that to a video date, right? A FaceTime date, a zoom date. And you do the, you have your first date be through technology, which again, the advantage is it slows you down and you're not just leaping without looking. And cause if you don't like them on the phone or you don't like them over FaceTime or zoom or Skype, you're not going to like them in person. Right. Very true. So don't bother. It's so true. Hey, Carol, I wanted to ask you something. I wanted to back up because you were just talking about how, and how many people, how many women do we know that have been divorced or, or men that have been divorced and going into the second chapter of their lives? The one comment you always hear is, oh, well, the men aren't looking for that. And I never forget when you aren't looking to settle down and I'll never forget. Carol goes, oh no, 
like you want to meet them within the first year because usually men within the first year after um, a divorce or a breakup, a lot of times they fall back in love, right, Carol? Oh God. I mean, the statistics on when a wife, when a man's wife dies or when a man gets divorced is they tend to remarry very quickly. And and the reason for that is because women get their intimacy everywhere, right? Like we talk to our barista at Starbucks, Everybody. like we have deep emotional connections all the time with everyone, right? And so we tend to feel more fulfilled and emotionally fed from a lot more sources. They actually think this is part of why women live longer too. Mm-hmm. And whereas men tend to get their emotional intimacy mostly from us and mostly from their primary one-to-one relationship. And this is part of why a lot of women complain like, oh my God, my husband doesn't have any friends and all he wants to do is be with me and I got to get out of the house once in a while. Right? You know what I was going to add on to that though, is that one of the things that you do, which is so cool, is that you can see people's compatibility, like, or when oh they're God. in a love period or when they're in, like, I remember you telling Perry, girlfriend, get ready because you are going into like the love period of your life for like this big two year stretch or something. Yes. So, well, and apparently I didn't remember this, but she told me that I told her the month she would meet him. Yeah. And she's like, what? Oh, I read my, I reread my notes today. It was so funny. You said it. Uh, Lauren said it. She said it's going to be in the fall of, you know, 2019. Yeah. She's like psychic. Right. Yeah. And you, you, know, you did it by the stars. But the thing that I, it was really interesting because you said, you know, oh my God, the stars, the planets, the way you entered the world, you, you had so much catastrophe the first years, you know, 50 years of your life, which is true. It was like, I guess uh, I came out and said, let's just get done. I'm ready. Let's go. Soul advancement quick. She said, but the thing that I loved, you said the next chapter of your life, the second chapter is going to be so much easier, so much more loving. And that's exactly, that's what's been happening. I mean, even with my relationship with women, my girlfriends, my, you know, and I found this amazing man, we're we're celebrating our year anniversary, September 26th. Um, And because of COVID, he's, you know, from San Francisco, but he stayed with me, stayed with us, the kids for six months. Amazing. It was, it was amazing. And it's so easy. And that's the one thing you said too, you know, get yourself ready, what you're going to magnetize, what you want to magnetize, because that's what you'll bring in. It was everything I wanted. And it was, it's so easy. It's like, oh my God, what's wrong? We got to make up stuff. Not to say we haven't fought, we have, because we're both really strong personalities, but I can feel it inside me it's like the stars have aligned finally. And you know, we're talking to a girl who's been married four times and divorced four times. So that's what we call an optimist. (laughs) Or Yeah. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, but you know, I finally learned how to have some self love. And I think that's what made the difference in this one is that I wasn't looking for him to complete me, to love me. So I learned self love. And well, and what I love about your story too, Piri, is you went on a mission of love. Like yeah. you didn't sit in your castle and wait for your king to ring your doorbell, right? And what I find so often is women are too passive about this part of their lives. And, and when they do make an effort like internet dating, they do it, as I said, sort of half-heartedly. And what I love is you got a lot of expert help mm-hmm. and you met a lot of people, not to reveal too much of your story, and you... 
kept believing in your dream. And that's what it really takes. It takes getting really clear. What is my dream? And what do I have to do? Because the research on this, on people getting married shows women who get married really take it on like a job. Mm-hmm. And they really, you know, they go out an average of three times a week. Now we can't so much go out right now, but you can certainly go out digitally and you can certainly tell your network that you're available and you can certainly put yourself in situations or environments where it's, where it's much more likely. And so it does require being strategic like that. And people are always surprised that I say that because I'm an astrologer. And so it's like, I saw it coming for you. But he didn't show up and ring your your doorbell. Like you actually exactly in the process. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Diane has been a part of I think every single day. She was like, nope, 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 next, nope, nope. Ah! (laughs) My guard dog. It's gonna be a little. I know, I know. I can be a little harsh that way. I know. But no, because I, I, I just, you know what it is, is that I think sometimes your people closest to you can maybe you can see things that you can't see yourself yeah I don't want to say that because you're a sharp woman I mean you're super wise and you're genius I think sometimes we get blocked by the oxytocin would you say Carol (laughs) oh my gosh well you know it's hard enough to like someone right it's hard enough to find someone we're attracted to it's hard enough to find someone that's cute right and so what I find happens is instead of women being committed to the dream that they have they follow their feelings And they make their feelings the thing that determines their choices. So if they like someone, if they like a guy, then they follow that as opposed to asking themselves, okay, I like this guy, but is, is he showing up in a way that my dream will come true? And is my dream aligned with his for his own life? right? Right. Because if it's not, then it doesn't matter that I like him. I'm going to get stuck in a situation where I'm not going to get my needs met. And so this is what I see again and again and again. And I will say the the good news about the COVID divorce rate, right, is that the number one regret women confide to me is that they stay too long in relationships that they know are wrong. Mm -hmm. And they know way before they leave. And they also get deeply into relationships that they know right away are wrong. And I can't tell you how many times I have asked a room full of women, how many of you were walking down the aisle knowing you were blowing it? And almost every divorced woman has her hand up. And it's like, what is that? And to Diane's point, it's oxytocin, it's hormones, it's fear, it's it's, I'm getting older, it's, but this one loves me and maybe no one else will. It's all that scarcity thinking, but it's also mother nature, right? Mother nature is like, I don't care if you're worshiped. I want you to have babies, right? Like mother nature is so in charge of so much of the decisions we make. And this is why I want people to slow down and take their time and not make big commitments. So they've known someone at least a year and a half. Like you want to be past the oxytocin coma and the dopamine high and the cocktail that makes you like super, you know, sexually on fire, right? You want to be a little you want to be in the cooler waters before you make those Yes, yeah. And then it takes, you know, research shows it takes nine months to three years to really know someone. Mm, Nine months to three years. I just talked to a client this morning. She's been engaged for a while. They're getting married in November. They've been together like two and a half years. She really loves this guy. 
but it's like she's learning all this stuff about him now because she's never seen him in a world crisis before. She's never seen him when the economy is down before. She's never seen him deal with problems with his grown children before. So she didn't know who he was in those environments or circumstances because she'd never been there, right? And she didn't know who she would be. And so this is the unfolding. And, you know, one thing I want to say about the divorce rate, too, is that a lot of studies show the same couples who report being very unhappy, five years later, who report being very happy. There's like an ebb and flow. And this is true in astrology, too, where like you're in a restricted time. It's always followed by an expansive time, which is always followed by a restrictive time, right? Like we're never... Things are never easy forever and they're never hard for forever. So it's like, so are no you matter- saying like some people that are feeling like they want to get divorced, if they can work through it, they yeah. will upon a good time in a half right. years. Yes, for sure. So sometimes, been- you know, I mean, you know, Di, because you're a fan of the Gottman work and the Gottman study, which is the most rigorous scientific empirical relationship study ever done. And what they've really proven is successful relationships come down to communication and skills Mm -hmm. and that it can be taught even to people who seem really unhappy and really like at each other's throats or really, you know, disconnected. These skills can be taught and they've been able, this Institute that's been around for 30 plus years, they've been able to drop the divorce rate by 50% in the community they work with. And so this is all the stuff I teach in my workshops and with my coaching practice with, and I combine it with astrology because astrology shows when do you hit a tough cycle, right? When do you hit an expansive time? When are you in a season of love? When are you in a season of loneliness? Like the whole U S is right now. Right. Um, And these things affect us and they feel so personal and unique to us, but everyone goes through them and they feel like they're never going to end, but they do. Right. And um, so it's really, it's such a joy to be able to support people with all of this, you know, with the truth. Well, and it seems like now in this time with COVID and looking at the silver lining, instead of, you know, rushing to a divorce attorney would be great to rush to a, a coach like you or to a Gottman book and to take Absolutely. the time, you know, what do you have to lose? You have time and to try it instead of just, you know, ending it so quickly is really looking at, just take it all in the environment, everything that's going on around us. We're all on edge. This yeah. is an unsure time. It's a crazy time. So of course your relationship will be affected too. So instead of saying, Hey, I'm with the wrong partner. How about, how can I deepen this? How can I change, make this better? I mean, I've seen Di and, and her fiance, you know, work through a lot of stuff when it would have been so much easier to say, Hey, you know what? We're done. Oh God. Right. It's so funny. I was working with this one woman and she's like, well, you hired him on an unconscious level to push every button you have, Diane. Like she really believes that couples come together and they're to about their stuff. Yeah. Our stuff. And you know, yeah. that and, and I was like, okay, I love this man. This man loves me. Why are we not landing? Why can we not, why are we not able to give each other what each other needs? And that was really our work. And the work was yeah. what is pushing my buttons? Why can't I lean in here? Or why can't he? And it takes, a, and there's blind spots. And I'm telling you, it is so worth getting on the other side. If you really, I was committed to the relationship. She said, you guys have to close the back door. 
You both yeah. have a door open. You have to close the door because until you completely close the door, that's when all the magic happens. So yeah. that was super powerful. So true. And I'm so proud of both of you. And you know, what it also really took was a lot of goodwill and a lot of commitment to the relationship more than to your in the moment short-term feelings, right? Oh, like, God, yes. like you had to sit in your discomfort and you had to sit in your pain and you had to sit in your disappointment. You had to sit in your, I wish he was this way, or I wish she was this way. And you had to go, what if there's like a gift in this for me? And that's about having faith too. I think when it comes to something as painful and challenging and amazing as relationships, yeah. the most important thing to have is some kind of faith that you know, that your feelings are appropriate, right? Like those women that would, sh would say, yeah, I knew walking down the aisle, why were they not trusting themselves? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, like when I say to women, you know, has your, has your intuition ever been wrong? Mm -hmm. Pretty much nobody says yes. The times they do are people that have been through a lot of trauma. So their antenna is kind of screwy. Right. And there's work you can do for that. Um, but they always say their, their intuition's never been wrong, right? And so it's like giving people the permission, A, to trust themselves, and B, to take the long view. In something like COVID, you've got to take the long view, and you've got to make your commitment to be there for your partner, even yeah. if they're like more in fear than you are, more controlling than you are, hiding out more. And, and ask yourself, and this has been my work, is how can I make myself happy? Quit putting it on the relationship, right? Because I'm talking to so many women, they're like, well, I haven't seen a friend in six months. And I'm like, why? You can sit on their porch. You can go on a like socially distanced walk. You can go to the beach. You can be in your backyard. I mean, I have dinner parties all the time where everybody's at their own table, right? Like, <laughs> and we have a sanitized bathroom and everybody, you know, right. like you don't have to be so all or nothing. You don't have to be so self-denying. Mm. So this is a great time for everybody to look at, you know, what feeds me? What makes me happy? What did I love as a child? If my relationship isn't my source of yummy, where can I get some more yummy? I mean, I got a new kitten like yeah. three months ago. The yeah. last thing we needed was another pet. We needed another pet, like a hole in the head around here. <laughs> but I fell for this kitten and I was like, I have found a soulmate in COVID and I am not letting go of any love in this mad world. I, I think that's so important what you're saying because we do... You know, so many of us as women, we look to an outside source for our happiness, and that's right. where we get in trouble. And when you're feeling a certain way, you can also go to your girlfriends, you know, and you can go to a pet. You can go, you know, don't go to another relationship, but it's like, you know, feed your soul yourself. What can you do to make yourself happy? Because that person's, he's on his own journey right now. And, and honor that, you know, it's not just about our journey. It's also about our right. right. Well, and for all the people where the women are being overly burdened right now, because that's a real thing, right? It's a real thing. And, and the women who have avoided and put off having those hard conversations around like, look, I don't get enough support here. Like, mm -hmm. could you please cook more? You know, I mean, when we look at why still worldwide are women pulling a second shift, right? Why worldwide? Even though like the big revolution in our lifetimes and our mother's lifetimes was women going to work, what the research shows is those same women come home and have a second day. They still do the most childcare, shopping, social scheduling, you know, like cooking, cleaning, all of it. 
part of it is estrogen makes us like to do that stuff. It makes us like taking care of the people we love, like handling everything. And then the other part of it is we like to be in control. And then the other part of it is we're afraid to ask for help. Mm. We're people pleasers as women. Estrogen is the people pleasing hormone, right? This is why we love menopause. Once we're past it, we go, what the hell have I been doing? I know. Why have I been doing all this? I'm not even going to like wash a dish ever again. That's hilarious. So yeah. true. It's so true. Carol, that so was it's really a hormone thing. It's not just oh. an age thing. Oh my God. It's it really is. a hormone thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And you and don't it, really care what other people think anymore. Right. That goes along yeah. with it, right? You just, you really do start naturally. I know most of the women that are listening to us you know, from 40 on up, I could say they probably could curse. Like they don't care as much as they did before. And it was all because of the hormones that were making us wacky. Oh, it's less and less and less. Right? <laughs> yeah. I literally well, changed overnight. I mean, it was just like, you know, oh my God, it was so brilliant. Okay. Before well, and what women don't know because there's still such a lack of education about our own bodies and our own lives is, you know, the menopausal process, the perimenopausal menopausal process is a 10 year process. Right. And women think, well, if I'm still menstruating, I'm still the same as yeah. ever. And that is not how it works. It's not just the cessation of menstruation. It's this huge, like long shift and change. And it really sideswipes men. Men are like, oh my God, where did my like <laughs> sweet, passive woman go who used to do the dishes happily? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> Oh my God. So, I love that. And they become more sensitive with age. Yeah. They have less testosterone. So we're more, yeah. I mean, people listening are like, what does this have to do with astrology? But this is all like part of it is looking at life stage and looking at, you know, when you lay all these things on top of everything, it's just. It's so, so what, would, what stage, what stage would you say our, our planet is in? <laughs> it's not. Oh, it's what? <laughs> I think it's in, I, well, I mean, you know, unfortunately we're on the verge of like mass extinction is the stage the planet is in. I mean, that's not news and we've had them before. And, um, but you know, the Vedas say they talk about epochs in the earth's development. Oh my God. Do you want to hear what they say about elections? That was my next question. I was going to say, okay. Yes. Go ahead. I care about the election and then we'll plan it. What's going to happen? Well, there are these phases of the earth's development and they're called yugas and, uh, they're like epochs, right. Or eras is another word for them. And they last 25,000 years. And there's, there's five different yugas and there are really, really dark ones where everything's like murder and mayhem and, you know, feeling of separation from one another and everything's competition and scarcity. And then there is like the age of Aquarius, right? Where everything's like, love will reign the planets, right? Like, <laughs> this is the dawning. I always end up singing, sorry. <laughs> Where it's like, you could just look at someone and know what they're thinking and everything's telepathy and everything's good vibrations and everyone's generous and everyone's like one big happy family and it's all kumbaya, right? Well, you can sort of tell by looking around at the human race lately, yeah. we're in a dark phase, okay? Now there's controversy and disagreement about which of the phases. And part of that is because uh, the Indian ruler at the time of 
going into one of the dark phases, he like redid all the calculations and like told everyone, no, 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 we're not in that time because he didn't want to be associated, right? With the dark time. Uh -oh. So long story short, we're in, of the, of the five, we're in the second 25. ascending phase. It's still dark, but are you ready? Listen to this amazing description. It calls it a time of magic. It says there's unbelievable advancements in technology. It says, uh, there's more mental health than health problems than physical. You know, we don't have like, even though we're in a pandemic, it's, you know, people aren't dying as babies left and right anymore. And there isn't like the plague. <laughs> this is a bad pandemic, but it isn't the plague, right? Um, when people aren't in wheelbarrows being carted off to like yeah. the incinerary, right? So, yeah. um, so, and then it says uh, that there will be destruction of gardens, which means, of course, the environment and trees, right? And uh, it says gardens and trees, destruction of gardens and trees. It says people with the highest spiritual development will be poor and will be in, will be in roles of servitude. So like your maid, your nanny, your, these are going to be the most spiritually advanced people in your life. Right. And that people who rule will be rich. The rich will rule and they will be devoid of character. This is what it says. Oh, God. How crazy is that? And then it wow. says one of the hallmarks of this time. And this cracks me up is it says women will choose their own Lords, which means husbands, right? We will choose their, our own husbands. This is a sign that we're in a dark time. right? That's hilarious. <laughs> they say that because again, back to those women that raise their hands when they know they're walking down the aisle and they're making a huge yeah. mistake. Yeah. We don't always do such a good job right? And statistically, like um, arranged marriage is more successful, right? I'm not saying I want it. And I'm not saying my dad should have chosen my husband because that would have been really crazy awful, right? But it does, uh, it is recommended in, um, in that kind of thinking. So the very, very good news is we're in an ascending time. It's getting better and better. Okay. It, it really started around the Renaissance, this phase. And, uh, and I mean, just look at what's happened in a hundred years. I mean, we went from like women hitting clothing on rocks in rivers to like landing on the moon, right? Like in less than a hundred years. So, so how so long is this Carol, about time of magic going to be lasting this dark period? Oh God, it's like a few thousand more years. We are not going to see the age of Aquarius in our lifetime. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Uh, next, next lifetime. Yeah. What about the next few years, Carol? What do you see for like the, I mean, you know that the $20 million question is, what do you see like with the election coming up for in Donald November? Trump. Um, yeah. Okay. So I want to remind everyone, I'm not a world astrologer and, uh, and I'm, you know, this is like a coin toss, right? How hard can it be? There's only two guys, right? There's only two guys, right? <laughs> But guess what? And I challenge anyone, you know, I've spent weekends watching all the YouTube videos and reading all the predictions and, and there's a lot of argument for both of them. The problem we have is that Biden's birth time is not verified. It's from memory. So we don't have, we don't have data that we can absolutely be sure of. So it's a little bit like talking about somebody's health, but you're not sure you have their blood sample. It might be someone else's blood sample. Right? Wait, 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 what do you mean? It's not confirmed. I mean, is he not, not, have a birth certificate? it's not off a document. 
because it's confidential information. So the only way to get it, so like Donald Trump revealed his birth certificate when he was challenging Obama to do the same. When right. he was on the birther kick. And he had previously given out his birth time and it was an hour off. It's very common for people to misquote their own birth time. So yeah. Hillary Clinton, there were two birth times running around and people, astrologers would approach her at rallies and things and, and town hall meetings and say like, what's your birth time? And she gave out a couple different times. And so this happened with Princess Diana. There's a couple different birth times for her. So it makes it really hard to stand really firmly in predictions because what you do is you look at whose chart is stronger on November 3rd and whose chart is stronger on January 20th of 2021. Now, the news I have, and I don't want to like go all political, so I'm not going to like reveal who I would vote for, but I am an astrologer in California, so do the math, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an investment banker in, in like Texas, but anyway, the chart of Donald Trump, I will say is very strong. It's very strong. Now it isn't as strong as it was in 2016 and Pence's isn't as strong as it was in 2016, but Trump, this will not surprise you, has the chart of somebody who like can seem dead and then can like kick his way out of, you know, Hades and come back from the dead, right? He actually, his rising sign, his ruling planet rather, his moon sign is in a constellation that is about like overcoming death, right? So every time you think this'll get him, this'll do it, this is it. There's no way he'll come back from this, right? He does. And so uh, he's, so it's so hard to know. Now I will say historically, and this is fascinating. Historically, when an election happens, when Jupiter and Saturn are in the same sign or within months of being in the same sign, which is now, the whoever is elected president dies in office. Um, so, oh, wait, wait, are you ready? Wait, say, that, say that again. Okay. When Jupiter and Saturn, which are the two biggest planets affecting like politics, right? Because Jupiter rules law and order, Saturn rules structures and the rules, basically. When when these two planets are in the same sign, it only happens every 19 years. There's a couple things about this. Usually the party in power wins again, but usually whoever is given the job dies in office. So are you ready for this? 1840, William Harrison died of pneumonia. 1860, Abraham Lincoln, I don't need to tell you, right? 1880, James Garfield, assassinated. 1900, William McKinley, assassinated. 1920, Harding, heart attack. 1940, FDR, you know, he was the guy elected in 1940, but it didn't happen until way after 1940. Um, Cerebral hemorrhage, 1960, JFK, assassinated, right? Mm -hmm. So Ronald Reagan broke the pattern. Wow. But he did survive an assassination attempt. And then George W. Bush broke the pattern. But do you know a live grenade was thrown at him while he was giving a talk in India and it didn't detonate? What? How crazy is that? So, so, you know, both men up for the job are very old. (laughs) They're the oldest candidates we've ever had. And, you know, this tends to indicate whichever guy gets the job, it's very likely he won't survive. Um, All the way through it. 
Um, the one that I have is that on November 3rd, we have similar indicators as were happening on November 7th, 2000, which is when the Gore and Bush election happened. And on that day, Mercury had been retrograde and it became what's called stationary. And that happens this year. It's when it stops being retrograde and it starts turning around and going direct. And it tends to create confusion and it tends to create delays. Now they're already saying we won't get the results mm -hmm. on that day. James Kelleher, who I already mentioned, he actually thinks Biden will win. You know, historians that haven't been wrong since 1984 think Biden will win. You know, the guy with, I can't remember the name of it, you know, people that are historically accurate about this, that, that year after year, election after election, he thinks Biden will win. The, so we'll see, we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. That's yeah. powerful. That's powerful stuff. I mean, listen, yeah. it's, it's who wants the job, right? Who even wants Well, and job? just the fact that they want the job makes them suspect. Like, what is wrong with this person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be. That is, uh, by the way, that's a it's, wow. it's really amazing. And this for anyone sitting on the fence, I will say Donald Trump's chart has horrible combinations, horrible for yeah. integrity. He's got combinations where literally the ancient books say like powerful personality, weak soul, right? Mm -hmm. So all the like things. And if a woman ever came to me, he has Mars in the rising sign, which makes a man unmarriable. Like these men are too independent. They want what they want. They go for what they want and they live for themselves. Okay. So anyone listening, don't marry a guy with Mars in the rising sign. <laughs> <laughs> First. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to be getting my boyfriend's birth date in time. He's working on it now. And I said, because I only give it to you if she gives me a good result. And I said, yeah, right. It doesn't Aww. work that way, baby. <laughs> I was good. He was a good man, but it was definitely going to be work. Yeah, definitely. It's all, all relationships are. Well, I, I love, will you tell people, our listeners, how they can reach you? And, and um, you also work with people individually, single people, and then you also work with couples? Yes. Well, I mostly just work with women because I'm a big believer that women lead the way in love and okay. that men respond to our lead. And I know that sounds tra traditional and old fashioned and it sounds completely unfair. It's, it's just really true. And it's not that men have no responsibility. It's that we have so many more inborn relationship skills. I mean, let's be honest, ladies, we're better, right? We're nurturers. We're the nurturers. We're givers. We're, and, and unfortunately, we also, though, are, are like six times as verbally combative. And so we tend to, we tend to people please and make nice and go along and go along and go along until our hair is on fire. And that's where men are afraid of us, right? They're afraid of our emotional storms as a friend of mine calls it. Right. So we need to start being more honest, but anyway, thank you for asking. They can find me at love is in the stars. And uh, my favorite thing, the only way to work with me privately is to take one of my workshops because I don't like to just do one-offs for people. I like to work with people in a deeper, more impactful way. And then I do do coaching packages, which are really fun. And, and with those we do, uh, we look at your romantic advertising. If you're single, I do love working with couples. It's so interesting how much one person will enroll you in their version of the story. And then when you talk to the other person, you're like, gosh, darn it. They didn't tell me any of this. Sorry. <laughs> so funny. That's so sure. 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 Yeah. This was amazing. This was fascinating. Um, I love 
this, Carol. I, I could listen to you all day. Oh my gosh. And there's so much more to talk about, but I know. Um, yeah, well, we're going to have yeah. to do a part two with you and yeah, after the election. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And Diane, let me pick your wedding date and Peary, if you need one, yes. let me pick it as well. Yes. <laughs> well, you are amazing. And, and thank you for your time and my pleasure. Listening, you know, she's incredible. Diane and I've both worked with her and so many thousands of other women, and it's truly powerful. And I love what you say is that we really can take power over our love lives. And it's not just up to fate or up to chance. And I think a lot of women believe that. Oh, well, I'll just, I just want to meet somebody when I walk into a grocery store. And it's like, you know what? That's just not the way it works. Not well, anymore. it did for her sister. It did for my sister. But guess what? You got to put your phone away and you got to get really good at flirting, right? Yes. Yeah. Boy, I went through some exercises. But we, I want to ask Carol, and we're going to wrap it up here, but we have one question that we ask at the end of every show. Yes. So, yeah, I know. So the name of our show is Own Your Throne. And so I would like to know, what does Own Your Throne mean to you? Well, as a girl with the moon in Leo, Leo is the sign of royalty and in Vedic astrology, we care the most about the moon sign. I mean, for me, my, my struggle has really been, uh, you know, really connecting with what does Carol need? What does Carol want as a service person in my work and as, uh, as someone who really, really prioritizes relationships and, and is happy if the people I love are happy. I've had to really learn how to take my own inventory and really check in with myself. So for me, owning my throne is that. It's just going, what do I need? What do I want? And how can I tell the truth in a respectful, loving way so that everyone wins? People get the real Carol, but they get the kind Carol. <laughs> so I'm not just like blowing the territory up, right? And uh, yeah, so that I get fed enough and I'm not just a giving machine. I love so. self-love. Oh, Carol, thank you. It's thank you so much. Thank you. Part two. Guys. I know we're gonna have to come back and, and bring you back. Oh, for part two. All right, ladies. Uh, so glad you guys joined us. And listen, if you want to have some of the freebies that some of our guests have given, go to our our webpage, which is www.ownyourthrone.co, C-O, and you can um, enroll in our newsletter and some, some great freebies that some of our guests have given and be a part of our tribe, be part of our queendom. Um, so thank you for listening. We will be back with another great guest in a couple of weeks. So remember to go out there and own your throne. This podcast was created by Perry and I because we both met at school getting our master's in spiritual psychology, where we learned the tools and techniques to really heal, reclaim, and redefine the second chapters of our lives. And you'll also learn some tools and techniques from our guest. All you have to do is go and subscribe and leave some comments. Let us know what you think about the shows, as well as maybe you have some ideas of other guests that we could have. So enjoy the conversations, and we look forward to hearing from you. And be sure and check out our website, which is ownyourthrone.co. And we have some freebies for you, so be sure and check us out.